Hello, my name's Tom Boone. And I'm Joanna Bailey. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Simple Flying Podcast, where we'll give you the lowdown on the latest news from the world of commercial aviation. Here's what we have for you this week. today, Tom finally gets to talk about the Lufthansa Airbus A380, and I'll take a look at a big week for Airbus orders. I'll talk about why we could see even more big orders soon, while Joe looks at South African Airways. Finally, Tom explores how Han Airport is back from insolvency. So now you know what's on in store for the show. Let's get, I'm so excited already, I'm losing <laughs> my words. You know what's in store. Let's get on with the show and... In the first segment of Tom's A380 podcast this week. <laughs> no, I wanted to talk about this last week, but then you were stuck in South Africa, so I had to save it for this week. But yay! Lufthansa has confirmed the A380 is coming back next summer. Nothing, well, one thing could make me happier, and that is um, they've said, you know, when they first announced that the A380 was coming back, it was very, very, you know, like, Somebody even t- sort of suggested to me that it was a press move to kind of detract from the fact that their Skytrax rating dropped from three to uh, from five stars to four stars because uh-huh. you know everyone last week was talking about the A380, but all they actually told us initially was we don't know how many are coming back, we don't know exactly when they're coming back, we don't know where <laughs> they'll be going, where they'll be based, we just know it's coming back. Um, <laughs> So it seemed to me as if they'd kind of rushed something out like before they were ready to make the announcement. Right. Um, So I can kind of see where um, the people saying, suggesting it was like a sort of sidetrack. Yeah. um, Yeah. yeah, (laughs) uh, Are coming from. But um, basically, the UK government's very good at that. Whenever anything goes wrong, they announce (laughs) something else that's really contentious so that people just ignore the thing that went wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Well, anyway, um, so as we know, Lufthansa went into the pandemic with 14 aircraft, and all 14 are now in. Uh, Terrell and Tarbes in France and Spain, Spain and France, if you want to be specific. Um, six of those have now been sold. So Lufthansa only has eight left that it can withdraw. Um, and we don't know exactly how many are coming back, but um, according to sort of Karsten Spohr, the CEO of the airline group, did say to a sort of internal employee event on Wednesday that around four to five of the eight are due to come back. And much to my disappointment, they're meant to be going to Munich. Um, oh, no. <laughs> which actually makes sense. You know, like as soon as they said the A380 was coming back, I had this fear that they would just go to Munich because, mm. you know, in Frankfurt, we've already got the 747s uh, with the huge capacity and the 340s. Um, the part of the reason that they brought the 340 600s back to, and sent them to Munich was so that they could have more first class capacity over there because mm. really the only aircraft with first class in the Lufthansa fleet are the seven, um, some of the 747s, some of the A340s and the A380s. Um, mm. So, you know, like we know Lufthansa is kind of dying for more first class capacity in Munich and these A380s have first class and they also have the huge capacity. So, you know, I kind of saw it going to Munich and it's been kind of like confirmed by um, Schwor. I don't know if this is exactly how it's going to be because you know um these things changed summer 2023 is a long way away and um yeah you know when they brought the a340 600 back they said it was going to go from munich and then it came to frankfurt for a little bit before it went to munich so maybe you know like while they're bringing it back into service somebody from lufthansa is listening and it's like yes i'm going to bring the a380 to frankfurt just for tom <laughs> <laughs> um but if not i'm going to cry so that's on you lufthansa um, well if not i know where tom's going for a long weekend at some point next summer <laughs> yeah well actually i did want to go to munich in the summer anyway because they 
have an amazing water park, but that's uh, off topic. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, so four to five are slated to come back from Munich. We don't really know where they're going to fly yet. Um, previously, when they were flying from Munich, they flew to Beijing in the summer, Miami in the winter, Los Angeles in the summer, San Francisco in the winter, Shanghai in the winter, and Hong Kong all year round. Mm. And if you think right now, you would think sort of... Um, Bangkok and Shanghai, maybe not, and Hong Kong, maybe not, because they're sort of all still fairly locked down. But um, when you look at the numbers, actually, Lufthansa is already flying at 747s from Frankfurt to both Be uh, Beijing and Shanghai. That's the 400 and the 8. Mm. Um, and Korean Airlines is meant to be taking the A380 back to Hong Kong. So... Um, it, you know, it wouldn't be crazy if they went back on those routes, but I could also see them not going on there. I think the US think will be sort might. of the big, yeah. the big focus. I mean, if Asia opens back up again, they're going to yep. need a lot of capacity yeah. to deal with that demand that comes out of Asia. So, you know, it, a lot will depend on what happens politically between now and next summer, I guess. Mm. I mean, hopefully um, Asia will kind of learn some lessons from Europe. <laughs> yeah, just open up and deal with the consequences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, dear. What would be interesting, though, is um, if... Uh, you know, it's been a long time since Lufthansa flew the A380, so I wouldn't be at all surprised if we saw some, like, proving flights. Yes, I mean, if Lufthansa wants to send it to London as well, um, perhaps we can get the A380 from BA and Lufthansa going Frankfurt to London together <laughs> and get some amazing sort of formation shot of them. <laughs> Tom, you just want so much, man. <laughs> I know, I think you need to stop me before I go even crazier. Still, it would be awesome to get an A380 ride on a short haul next spring. So we will keep our ears to the ground and, of course, let our listeners know if that happens. Cool. Well, I wanted to talk also about Airbus, um, but not about Airbus in Germany. So while I was away last week, and I'll talk about where I was in a minute, um, Airbus was winning a massive order for almost 300 narrowbody aircraft worth over 37 billion US dollars. Um, not over a week, over a single day. I mean, this is a record for the European plane maker and a massive win for Airbus in China. Um, so as well as the orders it received from the four carriers, it's also going to supply another 19 aircraft through lease agreements. So who were these airlines? Well, it wouldn't surprise you to know it's all the big Chinese airlines. So China Eastern Airlines ordered 100 of the A320neo family. Air China ordered 64 of the same family. For Shenzhen Airlines, it's 32. And China Southern ordered um, 96 of the A320neo family, plus an additional 19 via lease agreements. Um, so in terms of deliveries, China Southern is expecting its aircraft from 2024 to 2027. So securing those delivery slots for the latter half of the decade, um, Air China's 2023 to 2027, and Shenzhen from 2024 to 2026. So, you know, really filling Airbus's backlog for the next few years um, from these big Chinese airlines. And actually, this is the first significant order from any Chinese airline since the pandemic. So, you know, a big deal for China as well as um, Airbus, I think, signalling, like we said, that Asia is almost ready to open back up again. Um, but out of the airlines, the order I found particularly interesting was the China Southern one, um, because Airbus has sold aircraft to that carrier in the past, but it has remained Boeing's biggest Chinese customer for many, many years. Um, 
Um, however, you know, the relationship might not be so great right now um, because China Southern actually removed more than 100 737 MAX aircraft from its order book. Um, do you remember that? Just I think that was the beginning of the year, wasn't it? Um, citing uncertainty over delivery schedules. Um, but actually, it hasn't started properly flying the MAX yet, um, although Boeing's been doing a lot of work in China to restore the confidence in the airframe. Um, just a few days ago, the airline was doing some 737 MAX test flights. Um, so, you know, we kind of took that as, as, as a, an indication that they might be bringing it back soon. And then they've hmm. gone and done this huge deal with Airbus. So who knows? Um, but, yeah, you know, <laughs> for Boeing, this is a bit of a punch in the, in the gut, I think. Um, and of course, it's not all just about planes. Um, it's very much a reflection of the relationship right now between the US and China. Um, it's something that we've seen for a few years. I mean, in 2021, for example, Airbus delivered 150 aircraft to China. Boeing delivered three. And in 2022, so far, Airbus has delivered 47 aircraft and Boeing has delivered one. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's really struggling to maintain its relationship with China. And it's not Boeing's fault. It's kind of sad because a lot of it is political. Um, but that's always the way things go when there's lots of money involved, I guess. Mm. Um, however, Boeing does have $10 billion worth of aircraft on the order books ready to deliver to Chinese customers. So fingers crossed um, they get their foot back in the door. But, you know, a, a huge win for Airbus and, and a very exciting order, um, even before any more orders are going to happen, which I know you're going to talk about now, Tom. Yeah, so, I mean, um, we did see, actually, I did want to briefly sort of segue into my next bit by saying that um, we saw another um, little Airbus order uh, last week. Um, not so major in terms of um, amount of aircraft or value, but fairly significant in terms of what it was. Um, Airbus now has its sixth customer for the A350 freighter. Um, Azerbaijani cargo carrier Silkway West Airlines signed an order for two of the aircraft, uh, which means there's now 31 um, orders and interests from customers. So you've got CMA CGM um, has four firm orders from December 20th. ALC has seven firm orders from December 30th. Um, Etihad has seven letters of interest from February 16th, and Singapore Airlines has seven firm orders from February 16th. Air France KLM has four firm orders from April 12th, and Silk West now has the two firm orders from June 28th. So, you know, it was quite interesting because this is a, a sort of fairly significant order because uh, I would say any A350F interest at the moment is sort of a big deal because very it's exciting. still very much getting going. Yeah. Um, I would wonder if perhaps we might see the Etihad Airways letter of intent convert converted to a firm order in a couple of weeks. And do you know why I'm wondering exactly a couple of weeks? <laughs> I know exactly why, but I'm not <laughs> going to steal your thunder. I'm excited, just like you are, Tom. Yes. Well, um, in two weeks from today, as we're recording this podcast on Monday, Joe and I, a along with a couple more of our colleagues, will be stepping foot on Farnborough Airport for the Farnborough Air Show, um, which I think is quite exciting, you know, um, I would imagine we'll see some some I don't know how many we'll see because um I think this the, the Farnborough Air Show will be very good for orders this year. And my reasoning is, you know, we've seen how quickly Europe has ramped up in the past year. Mm. Lufthansa, for example, has to bring its A380s back. And I wouldn't say Lufthansa necessarily needs more aircraft because they've got a lot of orders still, the A350s and the 777Xs. But there's going to be other airlines that have perhaps not been um, ordering during the pandemic and maybe wanted to 
put in a big order. Perhaps mm-hmm. they'll put it in now. But I mean, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But, um, you know, I'm quite excited because, you know, well, I love air shows. I love getting out and about. And um we on don't Friday, let them out very often, listeners. Yeah, it's probably a good idea. Um, <laughs> on Friday, the organisers published um, pretty much every aircraft that's going to come to the show this year, which really annoyed me because I'd written a story about the 23 aircraft that were already slated to come. And then as I was going to click publish, I thought, oh, I'll just check if they've added one or more, one or two more, and they'd like up this list to 43. So I had wow. to <laughs> redo it completely. We're now at 50 aircraft. Um, wow. Some of, some of the highlights, um, Airbus is bringing the A350-900, Boeing's bringing two experimental aircraft, the Max 10 and the 777X. I know you and I are very excited for the 777X as always. Of course. And the um, Max 10, to be honest. Yeah, I've never seen yeah. it in real life, so I yeah, am excited. It will be, it'll be interesting to see how long it is in person, because, you know, like, we all knew that the 777X engines were huge, but when we actually saw them, my God. Mm. Um, Exactly. Airbus is also bringing the A220-300, um, free helicopters. The C295, which is this sort of weird military thing, I think they're testing the flexible wing on. Okay. Um, but I don't know if it's that one they're bringing or if like they've got more. Um, mm. I really need to look into that because I, I, like, I, just, I knew the picture. I didn't know the number at all, uh, which is <laughs> shocking, really. Um, they're bringing the 400M, which I know you're probably going to be quite excited about. Oh, yes. I had a little tour of that in Dubai and it was... Mm. Uh, very interesting, very huge. Yeah, um, Embraer also is bringing quite the lineup. Um, they're bringing the C three nine, yeah, the C three ninety Millennium, which is a cargo thing. Uh, Super Tucano, which is like a little turboprop light attack aircraft. Mm. But we're also going to be treated to the Tech Shark and the Tech Lion. So I'm the so excited. E one ninety and one ninety five E two. Hopefully, they'll be parked next to each other of for a nice Of course they picture. will be. It's going to be um, an immense opportunity for, to- for photography, Tom. Yeah. So bring your big camera. <laughs> of course I will. Of course I will. Um, the Tech Shark is slated to fly on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, nice. The E195E2, the Tech Lion, isn't, uh, but we've seen that flying enough already, so mm-hmm. I'm not too sad. Um, there's loads of air- aircraft doing displays. We've got uh, the highlight for me. Well, I say highlight, you know, I'm always excited by the red arrows, but they're always really disappointing because they just do a flyby. Mm. Um, we've got a story about why they're not allowed to do a full display at Farnborough on our website. If you're interested, look it up. I'm not going to say it all now because I could talk for a whole podcast about Farnborough, really. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's. It, I think it's going to be quite exciting, um, and I hope we see a lot of orders. And yeah, it's can't wait, can't wait. I can't, it, it feels like forever since we've had a European air show, and in fact, the last one was Paris 2019, when Simple Flying was very yeah. much still in its infancy. So this is our first European air show where people have actually heard hmm. of us, and people are going to want to talk to us. So I can't wait. Um, it's well, going to be superb. <laughs> I must I must mention ILA Berlin because I said this was going to be the first major European air show and I kind of stick by that because in my opinion ILA isn't such a major air show especially in the sort of commercial aviation sphere mm. um but I, a, a lot of um, people have written into me and said that was a mistake to say that. So I will oh. mention that that happened last month. Um, sorry, sorry, ILA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just feel like the Farnborough Paris pairing, yeah, I you think know, those are like the, the they're, crowns. The, they're the big two. They're the, yeah. the, the global big two, I would say, you know, Definitely. even bigger than Dubai. Dubai is fun and big, but it's not on the same scale as Farnborough in Paris. But yeah, if you're in Farnborough and you see Joe or I wandering around looking lost, feel free to say hello. I know a couple of people did that in Dubai. 
Um, made us feel was... like proper celebrities. Yeah, You're Joe and Tom from the podcast. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so come fun. and find us. Um, you can get a selfie if you want, but I would imagine that might break your camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. We'll be sweaty and hot and, and probably quite stressed out, but really yeah. looking forward to it as well. So, uh, mm. yeah, hopefully we'll be able to record a podcast from on location there. I don't know yeah. if that will work in practice, but we're going to try. We'll see. Um, so, yeah, Watch stay tuned. Space. Definitely. Well, talking about being on location, that's exactly where I was last week um, because I was very kindly invited to participate in AviaDev Africa. Um, now, if you guys haven't heard of this, it's a really major event for the African aviation scene. Um, there were around, I think, 300 aviation professionals that descended on Cape Town um, for a two-day conference, um, which is, it's like a half-day conference followed by route development meetings. So the, the big thing is the route development meetings, you know, an opportunity for airlines to get together with various airports and discuss what they can do. Um, but, you know, the, the conference was also very exciting, particularly the panel that I moderated, even though I was terrified. Um, but while um, all that was going on, I had the chance to sit down with a lovely chap called Simon Newton-Smith, who is the new Chief Operations Officer of SAA. Um, he's been in post since last August, so just before the restart. Um, but boy, does he have a big job on his hands. Um, you know, South African Airways went into its insolvency with a fleet of nearly 50 aircraft when it restarted in September it had just eight planes. Um, since then, they've been really focused on flying intra-African routes and being very kind of cautious about where they're going and what they're doing. Um, but we had a good chat about the brand um, in particular and how, you know, the, the feeling in South Africa is kind of a love-hate relationship with South African Airways. Um, you know, it was, everybody was very loyal to that brand. And in some ways, there is a bit of a hangover from its insolvency. But, you know, Simon said that the, the most dissatisfaction is really with the politics, not with the airline itself. Um, and he and his team are very focused on bringing it back to be a brand that South Africans can really be proud of. Um, of course, what I wanted to know is, when are we going to see it grow? When are we going to see a big airplane order? Um, you know, um, but of course, SAA isn't rushing into anything, which is a very wise strategy, um, given the, the past it's coming back from. They are working on a plan to return a number of airplanes to the fleet, I guess, from the former fleet. Um, but they are also talking to leases and the OEMs about new airplane additions. So I don't think we'll see anything imminently, um, you know, certainly not in time for Farnborough. Um, but they are in the process of onboarding a strategic equity partner. And once that deal's all kind of signed and sealed, they can start putting in place their strategy for the next kind of decade or two decades and the investment required to make that work. Um, so as I say, I don't think they're going to be ordering anything in the next few weeks. It's kind of baby steps at this point. Um, but at some point in the future, I think we will see a sizable order from that airline to supply it with the aircraft it needs to, to implement this um, recovery and strategic growth plan that they're going to have. Um, and the other thing I really wanted to know about was this kind of big news from earlier this year or late last year um, of the tie-up with Kenya Airways. Um, you know, he actually spoke on, Simon spoke on a panel that I found super interesting because he referred a lot to your local airline, Tom, Lufthansa, and the way that Lufthansa and the, the rest of the airlines in the group kind of found this opportunity many years ago to maintain their own brands, but to work together um, for the benefit of everybody. And that's kind of what's going on with Kenya Airways and SAA. They're not going to merge and create a new Pan-African airline. It will be like a group. So they, they will maintain 
maintain their own brands, their national identities. There will be differences in the airlines, just as there is in the Lufthansa group, but they will work together for the common good. Um, they are seeking more partners. I think it was well publicised that they were looking in West Africa earlier this year, and I shouldn't doubt they'll be looking for partners elsewhere as well. Um, but essentially what he's saying is we're not reinventing the wheel here. You know, this is something that's proven as a model elsewhere in the world. And this is exactly um, the kind of thing they're trying to replicate in Africa. Very interesting, actually, that Simon used to work for one of my favourite airlines, Virgin Atlantic, and was actually um, very involved in the Virgin Delta tie-up. So you can see he's got that expertise to bring to this partnership and hopefully make it a success. Um, what is interesting, though, is, of course, Kenya Airways is Sky Team, South African Airways is Star Alliance. Um, so, you know, I did ask him the question, what's going to happen with those? Um, but he said, actually, both alliances have been very supportive of the partnership. So they expect that both airlines can maintain their standing within those respective alliances um, whilst also tying up the partnership. So it's a, a very unusual and different strategy. And, and I'll be interested to see how it plays out. But we're not expecting anything to really happen on that until next year um, as always keep you know stay tuned here but the message from Simon was that South African Airways is growing but it's cautious but deliberate so you know they're being very careful about picking their destinations and they're going to continue to grow steadily I would say but you know not rush into anything and I, I know that Simon listens to our podcast while he's walking his dog so hey Simon <laughs> thanks very much Hello. for the interview <laughs> um, and well, on African Aviation as well, you can please join me next week um, because I'll be having a guest called Derek Nseko, who is the founder and CEO of Airspace Africa, joining me. Um, he's also the managing director of a powerful pan-African STEM program called iFly Academy. Um, so I'm really excited to talk to him about what the right plane is for African Airlines, some of the challenges, how the major OEMs view the continent in terms of growth, and of course about this really interesting STEM program for the schools in in Africa to, hmm. you know, get more people into the into the business. Um, so yeah, do tune in next week for that. Yeah, and we will get back to our sort of regular news at some point <laughs> soon. Um, <laughs> it's been a bit irregular, yeah. but um, it's a very busy time. I'm hoping things yeah. calm down after Farnborough a little bit. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of briefly, sticking on the insolvency topic, wrap up by talking about sort of some good news for Han Airport. And that is that um, last week, a purchase agreement was signed before a notary um, from a company called Swift Conjoy GmbH. Um, and they're basically saving the air, um, airport from insolvency. Um, they seem to have quite good feelings about the future of the airport. The Jan Marcus, who's the um, the insolvency administrator, he said that due to the very good demand and successful implementation of various measures, the operation is again economically stable in passenger traffic and air freight. Um, so you know, like kudos to them. Um, the, the new owners seem um, very interested on expanding the facility. They want to turn it into a regional short and medium haul passenger airport and major international logistics hub. Um, and, you know, they said they're going to need more ground handlers, duty-free, firefighting, etc. Um, it would be really interesting to see how that evolves because um, for sort of the airport really reached its peak in terms of passenger numbers in 2007, and it's kind of been declining ever since. Um there was good news in 2022 because passenger numbers rose up above pre-pandemic levels, or they will do, 
um, assuming oh, I say passenger numbers, but uh, the passenger capacity will is scheduled to rise above pre-pandemic levels. But cargo has really taken a hit in 2021 and 22. Um, so really interesting to see what goes on there. But um, fingers crossed for Han Airport. You know, it's not my favorite. I'm the first <laughs> to say that. Um, I wonder how they will um, be able to increase the passenger side when um, you know it, it's not the most attractive airport to me and the fact that you have to take a bus um, to get there from uh, you know from Frankfurt it's, it's over two hours uh, from Luxembourg mm. it's going to take a while you know um, but you know I do genuinely wish them all the best and um, hope that they manage to turn it around. Absolutely. I mean, I think they kind of became the butt of many a joke because um, it was, I think, Ryanair's furthest airport from its name destination, yeah. <laughs> Frankfurt Hahn. You know, it was like very, very long way from Frankfurt. Yeah, well, it's um, closer to Luxembourg. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad they're reinventing themselves and hopefully yeah. they'll just stick with the Hahn and not try and be Frankfurt. Um, uh, best of luck I to them. I don't see them dropping the Frankfurt, but yeah, best of luck to them. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I think that's all we've got time for on today's podcast. I just want to take a moment to say hello to all our listeners because I honestly have no idea how many people love to tune in and listen to us but everywhere I go there are aviation professionals saying we really love what you do so thank you for making this podcast what a success it is um, as usual we hope you enjoyed it and would love your feedback at podcast at simpleflying.com for more great content you can visit our website at simpleflying.com or find us on social media simply search for simple flying if you enjoyed this podcast please do leave us a rating on your favorite podcast player Thanks for listening. Bye.